Hey, what is good, guys? How we doing? Welcome back to another episode of Brian Carter 99, a 49ers podcast. I hope that you're having a good day. It, uh, it wasn't a happy Thursday. I was really thinking to myself, like, all I want for Christmas is a Niners win. And I... I apparently didn't get what I wanted, so, you know, it is what it is, though. Um, we finally got the bounce back on the Jimmy Garoppolo um, experience, you know? Uh, we, we, we got Jimmy, and we all know that this ultimately is why the 49ers traded all the way up to number three to take Trey Lance, is that Jimmy's limited, he seems to be injury prone. We'll talk about that in a second. And he is inconsistent. Um, you know, the, the entire Jimmy G spectrum, everything from somehow sometimes looking like an elite quarterback, making clutch game winning drives all the way down to ankle injuries, thumb injury as of today, uh, ACLs, ankles, you name it, and just boneheaded interceptions that there's not really any good explanation for. So, yeah, there we go. We, uh, we got the bounce back. So, we were having good Jimmy for a solid month and a half, almost two months, and bad Jimmy showed up. So... Yeah, there we go. It is what it is. I mean, honestly, at this point, like, I'm not even that mad. Uh, it's obviously frustrating to lose a game, especially to lose a game that you know you should have won. Because in my opinion, when you watch that game, the Titans did not win that game. Jimmy lost that game. And I think when you're watching that game, it was painfully obvious the Niners were the better team it was just some really, really, really bad plays from Jimmy Garoppolo that kept the Titans in it. And then Jimmy couldn't execute in the second half. And uh, that's how you lose a game. That's how you lose a game. So anyways, we've got a, we've got a few things that I want to talk about. I haven't been putting out as much as uh, I said I would. <laughs> Uh, but I wanted to come in here, I wanted to catch up, talk about some breaking news, talk about some thoughts, playoff standings, uh, what we're looking at, and what we're going to be doing moving forward, and all that good stuff. So, let's just dive right into the breaking news as of today, Monday, is that Jimmy G has... A new injury. So apparently sometime in the late second quarter, they're thinking, uh, Jimmy took a sack and on the play, he thought that he jammed his thumb reportedly. Uh, turns out he has a chipped bone in his right thumb. So that's his throwing hand. And he also has a torn ligament in that thumb in his throwing hand. So... I don't know whether the thumb injury is the reason for the bad play in the second, third, and fourth quarter, or if Jimmy just played like shit and then conveniently he also happened to get an injury 
Uh, in other words, I don't know whether or not the injury was the reason why Jimmy played so bad. But it kind of seems like whenever Jimmy has some type of injury, he plays absolutely terribly. Uh, the high ankle sprain. So we remember last season, Jimmy had the ankle sprain game two. And then he was basically just played like utter dog shit for every game that season because he was trying to play on a high ankle sprain. Uh, we remember earlier this season when he hurt his calf early in the Seattle game and tried to gut it out for the first half, and he just got worse and worse and worse into that game. And then when he came back in after the bye week against the Colts, he still wasn't quite 100%, and he looked terrible in that game. He couldn't even throw the ball in the rain. And... Then go figure, the same thing happens in this game where, you know, all of a sudden, hey, Jimmy hurts his thumb and then he plays like shit for basically three quarters of the game. Um, I didn't have a chance to watch quite the entire game. I I live in the Pacific Northwest. I think I've mentioned this before. And I am blessed in the sense that from my living room, I can basically leave my living room and be snowboarding on a beautiful place in the mountains, like in two hours, like walk out the front door and I'm literally on the slopes in two hours flat. So I went snowboarding on Thursday and I was like, I'm going to get home and watch the game. It's a game we should win. I feel good about it. Like the Titans were really, really bad for a couple weeks in a row. We were rolling and I was like, you know what? unless we have multiple turnovers, like unless we lose the turnover battle by like two, we should totally win this game. I think we're significantly better in this moment than the Titans were in the moment. And so I was coming down from the mountain and uh, had to stop and get like a money transfer. My, uh, I got a gift for a holiday, a Christmas present, uh, some money transfer. So I was sitting there uh, in line and I'm watching the game on my phone and I see the first drive and I'm like, Oh, awesome. So first drive and it looks really good. We just drive down the field, you know, just like, like clockwork, you know, like the perfectly schemed up Shanahan opening drive. You got your run game going. You got Jimmy making some good passes. Everything is working in time and everything is lining up. Bam, 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 bam. Nine plays later, 75-yard touchdown drive. Perfect. Perfect way to start the game. I love it, right? Um, so I'm like, hey, that's awesome. And then I'm like, cool. Now we just need to, like, force a punt, get the ball back, go up even more. Guess what? Defense comes out. Defense is good. We force a punt. Sweet. Now we got the ball back. Then... We drive all the way down to the red zone and then Jimmy throws an interception in the red zone. And he, it was, it was the exact same dumb Jimmy interception that we see semi consistently. Like every, every like two to three, every like two weeks, Jimmy just throws an idiot interception directly between the numbers at a defender. 
And he stared down Kittle the entire time. I don't remember what route Kittle was running, but the guy was literally standing in front of Kittle and he throws it directly to the defender and cool. Like you could have had a touchdown there. If you didn't make a pass, it would have been a field goal. Instead, you throw an interception in the end zone. Unacceptable. Um, But you know what? That's what happens. And uh, from then on, it just, it wasn't good. Jimmy looked shaken. He looked, uh, he just didn't look good. He didn't look good for the rest of the game. Uh, And it was, it was, it's what we see so often from Jimmy is he starts out the game hot. Like, you know, he gets in there and he's completing like, how often do we see Jimmy in like the first quarter of a game complete like 80 to 90% of his passes? Like he's completing 80 to 90% of his passes in like the first quarter of pretty much any game that he starts. The problem is that after that first or second opening drive, once Shanahan is used up like his initial, we'll call it 15 plays where he's like, these are our 15 plays that we are starting the game out. This will be our one to two first drives. Uh, after that, Jimmy usually isn't as good. And one of the biggest concerns that I've had, despite the fact that we've been winning for the last couple months, you know, we've been playing pretty well overall. Remember going into this game, I think we were six and two over the last eight weeks. So that is very good. The team has been playing very well. And uh, in my opinion, the whole team as a team played well against the Titans. It was just Jimmy was the reason why we lost. But the team has been playing really well for two months now. And, but during that time, the offense has stalled in the second half. Uh, I think that it was, if I remember correctly, it was like four or five weeks in a row where we hadn't scored in the fourth quarter. Um, or it was like three points total in the fourth quarter over the course of like a month. Uh, and just overall, we've been significantly struggling in the second half. And I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if it's specifically Jimmy. I don't know if it's uh, just Shanahan not in his play calling. But you can't not put up points in the second half and expect to win games. I mean, we held the Titans to 20 points. Think about that. We held the Titans to 20 points. How does this offense not put up over 20 points? Like, seriously. I will tell you how. When you're in the end zone and you throw an interception, and then when you have a possession and your very first throw, your very first play of the drive is an interception, and then the other team gets the ball at their own like 18 yard line. And then it also happens when you have a wide open use check who would have a walk in touchdown. If you could just get him the ball and instead Jimmy misses a throw and basically throws it out of bounds. And as good as use check is use check is not six foot five. He's not a six foot five receiver who can catch those jump balls. Like use check is six foot one. Uh, that's just, it's use check is really good, but Jimmy threw that ball out of bounds when use check was wide open for a touchdown. So I don't know how you want to, 
you know, categorize all the points that were lost specifically because of Jimmy, but it was enough to lose us the game. You know, if, if you take away that red zone interception, you can put up three there at the very least, a field goal. And if you, you know, that use check touchdown that could have been, that could have been a walk-in touchdown. There's seven right there. Uh, if you don't give them the interception and their ball at their own, like, at the 18-yard line, when they get a touchdown there, that's another seven. I mean, Jimmy basically gifted the Titans 14 to 17 points, and we lost the game by three. So, yeah, and I mean, again, we... It's just, it's so frustrating that as good as this team has been over the last two months and how they've corrected all the mistakes. You remember early on in the season, early on in the season, like the first two months, it was like, this is wrong. This is wrong. Like there's no identity. We're constantly getting defensive pass interference calls. Uh, you know, we're not running the ball properly. The, you know, it's, it's the, it was so many of those same things that kept happening. And then around the, the Bears game, like we fixed them. We fixed those problems. We started winning the turnover battle. We stopped getting the constant defensive pass interference calls. We stopped just getting dumb penalties. And, you know, we found our identity and we were rolling. And that's what happens. When this team has its identity and they don't beat themselves, this is a team that is a playoff team. And I have consistently believed all along that the Niners have the firepower to go against and beat any team in the NFL. I still believe that. Think about if think about the weapons and the amount, the quality of players on this team. Like Dude, we have George freaking Kittle and Debo Samuel. Like, we have the best tight end in the NFL who can put up a 180-yard game. We have one of the best receivers in the NFL who, by the way, Debo had a freaking incredible game. I don't remember his exact numbers, but he had like 150-something receiving yards plus almost 40 rushing yards. Debo almost had a 200-yard game against the Titans. And then you get to Ayuk. And then, oh, by the way, you've got a Pro Bowl fullback, who's the best fullback in the NFL. And that's before you even factor in the fact that Shanahan can turn pretty much any running back into just massive yards. And Shanahan can scheme up in a hell of a run game. You've got the best left tackle in the NFL. You've got a really good left guard. You've got, uh, you know, a past his prime, but a still really solid center. The right side of the offensive line's a liability, but god damn, dude, Compton has been really good in his run blocking, even if he gets, even if he's not good in pass protection. Compton's had a couple good weeks of right tackle. And then you look at the defense, and holy shit, we've got a Nick Bosa, like. Are you kidding me? Nick Bosa, congrats on the Pro Bowl. And you've got an Eric Armstead. And Eric Armstead might not get all the sacks and everything, but he is 
he is a force on that defensive line and he can play on the end and he can play on the inside. DJ Jones is having an incredible season at defensive tackle. And then you've got a rotation of edge rushers that go through there so they can keep that pass rush going. You've got Fred Warner. He actually missed the Pro Bowl this year, which is a bummer, but you know, he hasn't quite been as good as last year, but still last year, all pro Fred, and he's still really good. I still think he deserved to be Pro Bowl, even if he wasn't all pro this year. Uh, and then safeties, we have really good safeties like Jimmy Cord, Jimmy Ward, Jaquiski Tart, like really, really solid safeties. Probably the best safety tandem in the NFL in terms of if you just look at a pair of safeties who play together, probably the best pair. And Josh Norman, I, you've heard my opinion on Josh Norman. Like, I can't stand seeing him out there. And then the other cornerback has kind of been a couple different items. But think about how much talent we have on this roster. Like, what's the weakness on this roster? Like, we need a corner. Probably two, realistically. We probably need two corners. Uh, because we're going to lose Kawan Williams. Josh Norman's not going to be back. We'll have Mosley, but we probably don't have him for this season yet. Hopefully he's back for the Rams. Uh, it's more likely looking playoffs if he's able to get back. But I mean, like I'm, I'm also one thing that I'm going to start getting into here in the next couple weeks is draft prospects. I, I don't really get into it until the season's over and hopefully our season goes into February, but either way, pretty soon I'm going to start looking at draft prospects and like, honestly, like what I'm going to be looking at is corners. And then after that safeties and edge rushers, because we know the Niners love their edge rushers and Tart probably isn't going to be here next year, even, but he's been playing really good. And I like Talanoa, but Hafunga, I don't think he's the future. I think Hafunga is a good special, a really good special teams player who can rotate at safety when needed. Um, I, I don't think he's ever going to be an elite safety, but I think he can be, I think he can be a spot starter. You know, he, he'll be good for a couple games here and there or when he needs to come in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, we're going to need a couple corners in the off season. We're going to need a safety. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we could use another edge rusher, uh, you know, right side of the offensive line. Hopefully Aaron Banks is good. I Really didn't like that pick, but you know, is what it is. Point being though, is that this is a really, really good team and it's really well coached. Like our defense has been, I think around 10th in DVOA for the season. So that's really good. You know, we've basically had a top 10 defense. The, the, the biggest thing with this team has been how good is Jimmy Garoppolo? So on the season, when Jimmy Garoppolo does not throw an interception, we are seven and oh. When Jimmy throws one or more interceptions, we're one and six. That tells you all you need to know is that how good this team is depends on Jimmy G. And I don't remember who said it exactly. I think it was uh, Niner Nate who said Jimmy's most consistent trait is his inconsistency. And that's kind of what we got this week. Again, Jimmy was really good. Um, I, I would say Jimmy was above average to great, depending on the game, for basically since the Chicago game. You know, it would be like one game he was good, the next game he was really good, the next game he'd be good, then he'd be great, then he'd be good again. 
but he was good. He was pretty good for about two months. And then this game, he decided, hey, you know what? I'm not going to be. Um, but with how good this roster is, if you don't make the mistakes and you don't turn it over, we can compete with anyone. So with that in mind, um, I, I don't know what, I guess that whole tangent there was basically saying that I believe that we can compete with anyone. I believe that we can go on a run, but inconsistencies at quarterback are the biggest issue. So second half, we really need to figure out how to score more points in the second half. Because if you take if if Jimmy didn't make all the mistakes that he made in the Titans game, we should have been up 21 or 24 to nothing against the Titans. And then they should and then they probably wouldn't have been able to come back and win. Because we still got a what was it, like a field goal or a touchdown drive there at the uh, at the end of the game. Either way though, uh you know, we should have been up way more than what we were going in. Because we were, what, like 10, really? Like 10 to 0? We should have been up double that going into the second half. So we need to figure out how to score more points in the second half. Um, special teams and the kicking team is still an issue. Uh, every week for the last, geez, I don't even know, month, month and a half, we've had some of the worst field position battling meaning that the opposing team gets a really good field position and we always have terrible field position. And I really hope that we get rid of Richard Hightower, the special teams coordinator. I don't think it's going to happen, but I really hope that we do because the NFL is a results given business. You know, results are all that matters. You neither have excuses or results. You can't have both. And the results are, is that we have had really, really bad special teams all season and I don't think we've ever had above average special teams since he's been here. I think we've consistently been below average, and this year we've been atrocious. And uh, special teams usually won't win you the game, but it will lose you the game. And I definitely feel like special teams has probably lost us a couple games this season. I think, you know, Jimmy, special teams, those are the biggest things. It hasn't been our defense. Our defense, again, has played so well especially considering what we've had to deal with in terms of a rotation at cornerback so special teams the kickoff coverage is terrible the punt coverage is terrible the punting is horrific and disgusting i can't believe how many mitch wishnowski punts we've seen go like 30 yards like you spent a fourth round pick on this punter and he was solid, but I don't know what's been going on. The last month or two, Mitch has barely been able to punt more than freaking 20 or 30 yards. So the other team is getting the ball back at the 40. And then when we do finally stop them, we have a terrible, we have terrible returns. So then we're getting the ball like the 10. And it's like, great, like, cool. We lead the league in 90-yard touchdown drives. It's because we're always freaking back inside of our own 10-yard line. It's terrible. So I don't know how you fix the second-half scoring. Uh, I really hope they do. And as far as special teams goes, I just Hightower needs to be on the hot seat. They got to get rid of him. I would have fired him probably a month ago. I really hope that Shanahan fires him at the end of the season. Um, who knows? 
I mean, Shanahan and him go way back, so they could go either way. Uh, so that was the Titans game. I don't really want to get into it too much, um, just because I don't want to go specific game review stuff. Uh, there are a few things that I did think are definitely worth mentioning. So Ambry Thomas, Ambry Thomas had a good game against the Titans and Ambry Thomas is a player that before the draft, I targeted Ambry Thomas and I specifically said, I like this guy as like a fourth round developmental corner because he had the athletic traits that you would want and one year of very good play. Now that's not enough that you can be like, Hey, this guy's legit. He's a top 50 pick. Um, but it is enough to say like, Hey, you know, he played, he did, he played primarily press man coverage. He looked really good at it. He had good athletic testing, you know, long arms runs a sub four, four. So you got speed, you got length, you can play man coverage. He can play press. He didn't quite have everything that you would want. But I did target him and I said, I really like this kid as like a fourth round pick as a developmental corner where he can like sit and learn for a year. And that's kind of what we've been seeing over these last three weeks. When Mosley went down, it it was like, all right, now we're going to have to play Ambry. Um, so the good news is that you can see him improving and it's really good to see. So versus the Falcons... I'm trying to remember exactly how this went. If uh, this is if this was his second or his third start, um, yeah, I don't remember exactly. Uh, oh yeah, no, that's right. It was his. Uh, this is his third start um, because he played versus the Bengals and he got he got beat badly, and <clears throat> it was his first game versus the Bengals and just. First thing I will say is that is a very, very, very hard way to start your rookie se- your rookie career <clears throat> against a top five draft pick <laughs> in uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, who I think had, what, like 200 yards and a touchdown or two this week. So two really, really good receivers is your very first game. Like that's going to be a hard matchup and he got beat and he definitely, I remember he blew a couple coverages. He, uh, he got beat with like an inside move when he already had inside help and you shouldn't bite on that when you're playing the outside. Um, so he got beat a couple times, but then the next game that he played against the Falcons He didn't get beat constantly, and he was always in position. Now, he did get beat at the catch point, but in the Falcons game, and again, you're talking about going up against another top five pick. You know, like, he had to guard Kyle Pitts one-on-one. Kyle Pitts is like six foot six, and like, he's he's basically a six foot six receiver, really. Like Kyle Pitts is a top five pick, a 
freak athlete, an incredible tight end slash wide receiver. And he, again, your second game as a rookie, you get matched up across from him one-on-one. Like that is, that is a tall task. Like, good luck, Rook. Like, welcome to the NFL. You're facing, you know, two top five picks your first two weeks. T. Higgins, who's having an incredible season. And in your first, like, two weeks, like, that is that is difficult. Um, but I, you did see the improvement from the Bengals to the Falcons. The Bengals, he kind of looked lost. He was getting beat. I would say there was probably two or three times that he got beat badly in the Bengals game. But it looks like he learned from them. Because in the Falcons game, while they were beating him at the catch point, he was in position the entire time. He was sticking with his guy. And for me, I was like, hey, rookie, improvement. That's a good thing. You didn't make the same mistakes as the week before. Let's build on that. And then this week against the Titans, you're facing off against A.J. Brown. By the way, another really good receiver. Um, and the Titans, who are a really good team, they're, uh, what are they now? I don't remember the exact record. I think they're 10 and 5 now. So they're currently the two or the three seed in the AFC. Like you got to go up against them again. Third game as a rookie. And in this game, he had two pass breakups. And he was in position and he was always in phase with his guy. I love it. I have loved seeing what I've seen from Ambry Thomas and his growth over the last three games. Going from looking like a rookie who doesn't really quite know what he's doing and he's not confident and he's biting on things and he's getting tricked um, and he's not quite, you know, playing his coaching cues or whatever, doing his reads right, to his second game where he's in phase, he's getting beat at the catch point, but he's in phase, to his third game where he's in phase and he has two pass breakups. I know that he gave up a couple catches, but... I mean, if you get targeted five times and you have two pass breakups and you're contesting the other catches and you're in phase, that's awesome. That is so good. Like, think about what we're getting on the other side with Josh Norman. Josh Norman gets beat like every other play and then he tries to make up for it by just punching the football. He he misses tackles <laughs> and he busts his coverage. But somehow he's still out there, even though he's 33 years old. He can't cover anybody. He doesn't stick to his assignment 90% of the time. And all he can do is punch a football. Ambry Thomas out here, third game, sticky coverage and breaking up passes. I freaking love it. So I will say I feel I feel a lot better about corner moving forward than I did a couple weeks ago. Just because, again, I really don't like Josh Norman. I hate seeing him out there, but you know what? He's he's on the team. What are you going to do? Um, but Ambry, I mean, it looks promising. It really does. If Ambry can keep this up, and I know PFF is giving him like a really bad grade, but dude, the eye test, what, what I see, and I've been paying attention because I, again, I liked Ambry pre-draft. I had him pegged. As like, hey, developmental corner, good traits, 
see what he can get into in like a year. Um, we might have a starting corner next year in Ambry Thomas. And from what I've seen, it's, it's good so far. So I do like that. That's good. I like that. So that's one of the positive things that I want to talk about is I really like the development of Ambry Thomas. Again, just having a guy that can match up with people that has speed and length and now getting the confidence to win at the catch point. That's a good thing. So now I just want to see Ambry continue to, you know, do that consistently and make plays on the ball. Um, I want to see Ambry intercept a pass uh, just because, you know, they're, they're going to test him. They're going to test him. You're a rookie corner. You're going to get tested, especially in the playoffs. Like no matter who we play in the playoffs, they're going to have a better quarterback than we do. And they are going to test the rookie. It's going to happen. That's what quarterbacks do when they're smart is they say, who's the rookie. Cool. Let's see what he's got. So whether we're going up against Kyler Murray, Tom Brady, um, Stafford, uh, if we're going up against Dak, I mean, whoever it is, they're going to test the rookie. So I want to see him make them pay because the kid is improving week to week and he's got everything that he needs to be a quality starting corner in the NFL. He's got length. I think he has like 33 or 34 inch long arms. So really long arms. That's perfect for breaking up the ball, intercepting passes, uh, pressing guys, um, staying, staying in phase. That was another thing that he cleaned up. Remember he had the, he had two penalties in the Bengals game where he had the hands to the face. He tried to jam. I think he tried to jam Jamar chase and then chase like swiped it away and he, hit him in the face mask and he got the penalty. It happened twice. One negated Jimmy Ward and an uh, interception. The other negated a Bosa sack, but either way it only happened once. It only happened that game. Second game. I don't think Ambry had any penalties and then he was in phase. And then third game, he's breaking up passes. So I really hope that Ambry continues to build on this. If next season, if, if Ambry Thomas continues to play, like he has been next season, Ambry Thomas, Manuel Mosley. I feel, I feel better about that, especially if they've designated Demo, Diamador Lenore as a slot nickel. If it, I think the reason also why they haven't had Demo out there is because they want him to focus at nickel and they've been seeing Ambry develop. Because I remember them saying like, hey, we're not sure who we're going to play, whether it be Dante Johnson or Diameter Lenore or Ambry Thomas. They're all kind of close. Ambry's been improving. So if Ambry Thomas looks legit on the outside and Emmanuel Mosley has looked really good as an outside corner this season. I mean, we've got two quality starting outside corners. And then slot like if Demo is developing as a slot, like that makes me feel a lot better going into next season. That's one less urgent need that you have. And even then, if you want to go out and you want to get like a top end cornerback free agent, like, cool. Now you got depth on a rookie contract. Like, hell yeah. Cause we've got Ambry for four years. Like I'm, I'm all for it. It was, 
I think I'm going to pretty much end this little section, but point being is that I really like what I've seen in the development of Ambry Thomas over the last three games. It makes me hopeful and warm and fuzzy inside. Um, let's see here. What else did I want to talk about? So yeah, love Ambry. Uh, Debo has continued to be incredible. Uh, Debo's so good. He's so good. So, um, anyways, some other things. Let's talk about the playoffs. So the Niners are currently in the sixth seed. And I just watched Monday Night Football. It was the Dolphins and the Saints. And I got to admit, I feel bad for Ian Book. (laughs) It was so rough. It was so rough. He literally, like, he starts out, like, first drive. He has a pick six. And then just nothing the entire game. The Saints put up three points. I think Ian Book, at the end of the game, they were showing the stats. I think it was like 28 dropbacks, 13 hits, um, nine knockdowns, eight sacks. I mean, Ian Book took eight sacks, threw a pick six, threw an interception at the end, and just, oof, it was, it was rough. Um... But I will say I am glad that the Dolphins won because the Saints are the only team that have a tiebreaker over us in terms of the record for the playoffs. So if the Niners, the Eagles, the Vikings, and the Saints, if in theory we ended all ended the season with a tie, the Saints would have a higher seed than we would because they have a better conference record. Uh, but So we have a tiebreaker over the Eagles as well as the Vikings. But since we don't play the Saints, they win out of conference record. <clears throat> so basically what that means is that if we win out, tonight's game mattered because if the Saints won out, then they would be able to knock us out of the playoffs without us being able to do anything. So the fact that they lost tonight was very good. So thank you very much, Miami Dolphins. Um, I also made a joke on Twitter. So there's that whole meme going on of like all these like mid-tier mediocre quarterbacks who are in the like the kind of like 12 to 25 range. Um, you know, like you have like your elite you're like your your top five quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, like your Mahomes, your Allen Ro- or Aaron Rodgers, your Josh Allens, your Tom Brady's. You know, like your your top five elite elite quarterbacks. Then you've got like the really good five to ten, and then you've got a whole bunch of kind of just average quarterbacks that are all just kind of different styles of average. Um, so I said that two was left-handed Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, I thought it was pretty funny because, you know, there's like Baker Mayfield is Jimmy Garoppolo with a stronger arm, you know, just kind of that same thing where it's, you know, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, uh, they're inconsistent, you get idiot turnovers and how good are they? They're kind of, you know, that average quarterback. So, yeah, it was uh, it was it was a fun game um, for the simple reason that the Dolphins winning means that it helps us in our playoff chances. So that's good for the playoff chances. Uh, obviously, losing to the Titans was not what we wanted, but 
it is what it is. Uh, we we got the Jimmy Garoppolo uh, re- return return back to reality. You know, we we let's not fool ourselves and think that we were just gonna get really good Jimmy Garoppolo for a full season. Like that's never happened. <laughs> <laughs> if Jimmy Garoppolo was really good for full seasons at a time and he was consistently good, again, we wouldn't have gone out and got uh, Trey. Uh, don't want to beat a dead horse, but, you know, it is what it is. We lost the game. On to the Texans. So, with Jimmy's thumb injury going on, um, I do think that it provides some something interesting to think about in terms of some of the comments that we've heard recently from the team, a few different people. So um, basically with Jimmy having his thumb injury on his throwing hand, uh, Shanahan said that there's a chance that Trey could start. Uh, He hasn't made a decision yet. And he's going to watch the Texans film. And it also depends on how Jimmy is, if Jimmy's able to practice on Wednesday. So Jimmy was not able to practice today. Shanahan talked to the media, said that Jimmy hurt his thumb. And then it came out that he had a chipped bone in his thumb and a torn ligament in his thumb. So Jimmy wants to play, obviously, because that if Jimmy doesn't, that means that likely his career with the Niners is over. Because, I mean, let's be honest, if... Jimmy messes up his thumb and it's two weeks to the playoffs. Like we're probably just going to roll with Trey moving forward. If Jimmy can't come in, especially because we know that again, when Jimmy's injured, Jimmy's not good when Jimmy's healthy and doesn't turn the ball over. We win games. And I don't, I don't think that you can deny that we win games when Jimmy's healthy and he doesn't turn the ball over problem is that Jimmy gets hurt and Jimmy's really inconsistent with his turnovers and has, you know, it seems to me like a dozen idiot interceptions per season, give or take. So, um, with all that being said, there's a chance that Trey starts against the Texans. Now I am going to, before I talk too much about the Texans, I want to, I did watch the game that they played where they beat the Chargers, which was surprising. They beat them by double digits. So it was a a very interesting game. I watched that and Davis Mills looked pretty good. So I'm going to have to rewatch that game and I'm probably going to watch another game because if I remember correctly, they've won two in a row. So we do need to be careful because they do play hard and... You know, you can't really overlook any team in the NFL, even the Texans, who are probably bottom three in the NFL. I, I, I don't even know if I'd put them as high as fifth worse, but they're definitely a, a bottom three, bottom five team. Still, though, you got you got you to gotta prepare and take them seriously. So I'm going to have to rewatch a game or two of theirs. Um, I'm also probably going to rewatch uh, or watch some all 22 film of the Niners last game just to see. Um, pretty much just like who's playing well, who didn't, because there's obviously always like the highlight players, like, you know, Debo had nearly 200 yards and Jimmy had two dumb interceptions. Um, but you know, the all 22 is where you can see like, Hey, you know, who's winning on their routes, who's playing well on defense, who's not playing well. You can get a lot better idea in terms of matchups versus the upcoming team. 
So I'm going to have to watch some 49ers film and watch some Texans film, and then I'll come back with some more information. But anyways, the comments. So there's, there's three comments that I think are very interesting in regards to the chances of Trey starting on Sunday. So the first one is Fred Warner. Now, Fred Warner is the leader of the defense. He's a team captain. He's one of my favorite players. All-pro linebacker. Really good. He's also very... He's not someone who's going to go boasting. You know, he is... He's very intelligent, and he takes... He takes his responsibility and his job extremely seriously. And there's a reason why he's one of the best linebackers in the NFL. So Fred Warner said that, I don't remember the exact whole quote, but it was something along the lines of, we know Trey has a really bright future. We see it every day in practice when he's dicing up our defense. So Trey Lance has been playing basically what Trey Lance has been doing is obviously they practice. And while Jimmy gets all the first team reps in terms of, you know, working with the offense, working with all the like first team players and, um, you know, like getting all the reps in terms of like the route combos and all that kind of stuff. Trey has been working with the, um, the scout team. Now, obviously scout team is not the same thing, but it does allow him to work on a lot of things. So it allows him to work on his mechanics. Um, it allows him to work on understanding route concepts. It allows him to play in practice against the starting defense. So even though Trey isn't getting first team reps, the fact that he is getting to do scout team and play against the first team defense and mimic and try and play in different styles. So like one week he'll play like he's going to be Russell Wilson. Next week he's going to play like he's a pocket passer. So the fact that he's having to learn to play like different styles of quarterbacks against our defense, the first team defense, um, using, they might not be our plays, but they're still, he's learning our terminology and even though it might not be our playbook, like there's still a lot of the same concepts that are the same in terms of, you know, play calling and schemes and routes and all that kind of stuff. Um, so he's still able to learn that and they'll be like, all right, cool. So this is the play that we want you to mimic because we see them do this a lot. And while we don't use this play, uh, you can see this route combo. We call this, you know, this and we call that that. So uh, in our terminology, it'd be this, but this is the play that you're going to run on this. So go do that. And then he gets to go up against Fred Warner and, you know, uh, Jimmy Ward and all that. So he gets a chance to play against a really good defense and try out different types of things. Uh, the other thing is his mechanics. So that was the first comment. It is just the simple fact that Fred Warner, the leader of this defense said, we know Trey has a bright future. We see him dicing up our defense every week in practice. That means that like the defense, like they're seeing it. They're like, dude, this kid's legit. He can play. 
he's hitting, you know, these windows and all that. Like, so that was the first comment that I think was very important was just that Fred Warner said, Hey, Trey's dicing up, up, dicing us up every week in practice. We see it. So that's good news. You know, the fact that Fred Warner is talking so well of Trey and I think that came, uh, like, I don't think he was pressed about Trey in that comment. I think they were actually asking about Jimmy where they were like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, Jimmy is our leader. Trey has a, he, it was like, Jimmy is our leader, but Trey has a bright future. He dices up, dices up every way up, dices up, up, dices up, up, us up constantly in practice. So it wasn't like he was getting pressed about that. Like he just offered it. So that's a good thing. Um, another thing that was said, uh, John Lynch met with Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area. And he had a like a 20 minute interview with him that uh, came out last week, uh, a couple days before Christmas, a couple days before the game. And they were talking about Matt was asking Lynch about how Trey has been progressing. And the main thing that stood out to me was that comment was that John Lynch was talking about, we've seen him improve a lot and we've seen him improve in his consistency, um, making quick decisions ball placement. That was a big one that stood out to me was he was talking about being able to like consistently put it on the right shoulder. So that way, cause you know, if you're like running, you hit them in one shoulder and you know, you're able to safely catch it, evade a defender, turn and run versus you put it on the wrong shoulder and then you're going to lead them into a big hit. So that was probably the biggest thing that stood out to me was John Lynch was saying, we've seen him improve and among those things that he listed was ball placement. So I think, I think that's another thing that we all know is that one of the biggest concerns about Trey was his accuracy. Cause the kid's got a huge arm. Like we know that he can fire rockets 50 yards downfield. Like no problem. The kid has a huge arm and he's a really good athlete and he's really smart and he makes good decisions his accuracy just suffers sometimes. So the fact that he's improving his accuracy and ball placement is huge. Um, Cause that was one of the main things that we, he needed to work on uh, Lynch. Uh, I think it was Lynch also who met, who mentioned that he had been working on his mechanics and uh, like cleaning up his mechanics and his release. So cleaning up his mechanics, cleaning up his release ball placement, like these are things that really stood out to me from that whole interview. That was like the main thing that stood out. And then the final thing that happened was uh, Shanahan, uh, when Shanahan was asked, uh, Shanahan said that Trey has had, there was a couple things, but the main thing that stood out was uh, he mentioned how Trey's finger injury, it kind of lingered a little bit, but the last month has been Trey's best consistent stretch of four weeks of practice. 
meaning that Trey has been improving and improving. And the last month, it's been like good week after good week after good week after good week. And obviously, you have good days and bad days, but he has consistently put up his best month of practice to date. And that's a good thing. Again, he got a rookie. He's 21. All the talent in the world just needs to work on some stuff. And hearing that he's consistently having... So you put all these comments together. Trey is dicing us up. He's got a bright future. We see it every day. He's dicing up our defense. He's working on his mechanics. He's working on his consistency. He's working on his decision making. He's working on ball placement. He's had his best four weeks of practice in a row today. Like these, these things all coming together are all very good news. And it's, it's kind of interesting that it all happens. The, all these things kind of come together the same week that Jimmy fucks up his thumb. And now we've got to play a really bad team with a couple extra days of rest. Like it, I am not a conspiracy person. I don't think this is some kind of weird conspiracy or whatever. I, I legitimately think that Jimmy fucked up his thumb because that's what Jimmy does is Jimmy plays really good for a couple weeks. Then he plays terribly. Then he'll get hurt. Then he'll play terribly because of the injury and then he'll miss a couple games and then he'll come back and then he'll eventually get back into it. Like Jimmy is the roller coaster of good play, bad play injury. And it just, it rotates in a cycle. So I don't think there's any kind of conspiracy. I think Jimmy just legitimately fucked up his thumb. Just like he fucked up his ankle. Just like he fucked up his ankle. Just like he fucked up his knee. Like it's just, it's just one after another. And then he's really inconsistent in his play. That being said, though, perfect, perfect time for Trey to come back in and play. Like, if you could not line this up any more perfectly, like, all right, well, what's the situation? Well, Trey's fully healthy. He's had his best month of practice. He's tearing up the defense. He's been working on his mechanics. The team is playing really well around him. The defense is playing well. They're not getting penalties. The offense, the playmakers are killing it. Kittle's healthy. Debo's healthy. He's being incredible. Ayuk is playing really well. The offensive line has been solid. We've got 10 days, basically, because your last game was on a Thursday. So you've got an extra two or three days to rest and prepare. And then you've got to go up against one of the worst teams in the league at home. Like, perfect situation for Trey to start a game. And I do think that having that game and a half of experience is also that much more valuable. Obviously I would have much rather if um, I was talking with Chapman, we had our zoom hangout um, that uh, the 49ers rush does monthly about, and they were talking about what, what two things would you change uh, about the 49ers this season. And I said, well, it would all happen. Basically draft is I would have traded Jimmy Garoppolo for a second or third round pick. And I would just redone the second day of the draft. Cause I didn't like basically anything we did day two, except I liked Ambry Thomas. I did like that at the end of the third. Um, but I didn't like our second round pick. I didn't like trading up for a running back. And I, I so neither of those would have happened. 
And I would have traded Jimmy for a second or third rounder and got another asset and started Trey the whole way. But it didn't happen. So, you know, is what it is. Um, But the fact that Trey now has a game and a half of experience and all this positive momentum. Again, this is all just allegedly based off some quotes. um, But I'm not just pulling this out of my ass. Like these are, to me, those are quotes that have a serious impact on everything, right? Like Fred Warner, leader of the defense. He's not someone who lies. He's not someone who boasts. He tells it like it is. And he said, Trey is dicing us up. Every, all the time in practice, Trey's dicing us up. John Lynch, he's improving his mechanics. He's improving his decision-making. He's, He's working on his ball placement. That's what he needs to work on. That's a good thing. Shanahan, four best weeks of practice yet. Perfect. Get him out there. I, I, I never root for an injury, but if Jimmy has a torn ligament and a broken thumb, I don't want him playing against the Texans. We know what happens when Jimmy is hurt. He plays like shit. We can't afford to lose to the Texans because Jimmy can't grip a ball because he broke a thumb chip or whatever and him throw a couple interceptions. Like the Texans just beat the Chargers because they picked off Justin Herbert. And again, I'm not saying Trey's not going to make mistakes, but just roll with him. Like, unless Jimmy is a hundred percent, I don't want him starting against the Texans. If Jimmy needs a week and then he's a hundred percent against the Rams, like I'm going to that game. I would much rather see Trey. Um, but at least that would make sense to have Jimmy start. If he needed a week and a half to heal and his thumb was a hundred percent, at least when Jimmy's at a hundred percent, we know that he has the opportunity to, 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 operate a highly efficient offense. Like, I don't think anyone is going to tell you that Jimmy G is an elite quarterback, but Jimmy G can definitely lead a high powered offense. Remember we went to the super bowl. Nobody said Jimmy G is elite, but you know what? We had a top three scoring offense that season. And Jimmy was the guy who was, you know, he was the quarterback. Like Jimmy can operate a high powered offense, even though he's not an elite quarterback, but not if he's hurt, not if he's hurt. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's pretty much it for now. So yeah, I think that's pretty much it for now. (laughs) Anyways. Um, yeah, it's, uh, Things have been kind of crazy on my end. It's uh, currently about 10 degrees outside and snowing. And uh, yesterday it was same thing, 10 degrees snowing with 30 mile an hour winds. So I'm kind of cooped up in my apartment this week. I don't think I'll be going anywhere. So I think that in uh, over the next couple of days, like I said, I'm going to watch some Texans games uh, the last couple of games just to kind of get a better idea for them. And I'm going to watch that game film from the Titans. 
just so I can see in detail who played well, who didn't. Um, honestly, like I'm, I'm kind of done just talking about the whole Jimmy Garoppolo playing like shit thing, just because we all know that it happens. Uh, like again, like let's not fool ourselves and think that Jimmy G is suddenly going to be some elite quarterback week in week out. Like we know that he's inconsistent. It's remember his most consistent trait is his inconsistency. (laughs) Anyways, though, um, I'm going to get out of here. I appreciate all of you for listening. Uh, like comment, subscribe, share, uh, tell your neighbors, tell your friends, tell your 49ers friends, um, all that good stuff. Uh, I appreciate all of you and, uh, give me some feedback. Feel free to tweet me. You know, I, I, I pretty much use Twitter exclusively to talk about 49ers and NFL. So tweet at me. Let me know if you have any thoughts on the episode. I would love to get some feedback. Good, bad all that stuff. Uh, hate. That's always fun. I think my very first comment ever, my, it was one of my first podcasts, a draft podcast. Somebody talked about how I didn't know what I was talking about. So that was, uh, that was definitely funny. He was like, you know, what you're talking about you're stupid. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Thanks for the feedback. <laughs> but anyways, uh, have an awesome day and, uh, I will catch you later. And as always go Niners. <laughs>